If you're hearing this while crossing the moors on an Android device, well, firstly, I hope there's no fog. And secondly, you should know the better than to be on them. So get off them. And the second that you're safe and have access to Wi-Fi or data, I don't know your life, check out the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store. Thousands of good reviews out there telling you all you need to know about how wonderful the app is. So you don't have to just trust the guy who's saying it to you on a podcast. You can check out what the real people think at the Google Play Store. Once again, the Podcast Republic app. Check that out on the Google Play Store. Andrew, I've got a problem. Yes? Uh, I've been stricken with lycanthropy, and I now have just an egregious amount of body hair. Too much body hair. Too much body hair. I look like... I look like, uh, well, I look like a werewolf. I have lycanthropy. <laughs> I was going to say, look like Teen Wolf? <laughs> you look like... I look like a wolf. I look like a less cool Teen Wolf, if you can believe that. That's a hard thing to imagine. Well, lucky for you, uh, support for Dissect in the 80s is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code MACHO, M-A-C-H-O, at manscaped.com. That sounds good, but like, what if, for example, I wanted to keep some but not all of this lycanthropy-based body hair? Well, you're in luck because uh, the Lawnmower 4.0 allows you to customize your trim with additional guard lengths in 1 through 4, so you can get a customized uh, length just for you. What if my other problem is that my wolf cave is like dark, you know, I got the whole moon problem, you know, I got light issues. Well, the trimmer also has a very bright LED light. It is 4000K LED spotlight, which gives you a precision shave and lets you see everything you're shaving and no nicks, scrapes, cuts, or or bleeding. And what if I don't have that much money? Well, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code MACHO at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code MACHO, M-A-C-H-O. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, is my tag team partner, a man who knows when you enter a bar full of creepy locals, you should absolutely, under no circumstances, immediately leave and wander through the wilderness. The Macho Mandrew. Andrew Leno. And yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm not leaving that bar. I, yeah, I mean, uh, first the first of many mistakes made in this particular film. We are, of course, celebrating werewolves this month. We did The Howling. Celebrating its 40th anniversary. It was weird werewolf fever as a country in 1980. We did. It's both of these plus Wolfen, which I've never had the pleasure of. And um, what the heck was the other one I was just looking at? There's another fairly well-known uh, werewolf one from, from 81 as well. We had, we had the werewolf fever. Yeah, it's weird that the, I guess that kind of comes and goes in waves of like popular monsters and stuff. Sure, sure. I mean, a lot. I actually one of the few papers which I people. I every time I say that, people are like aghast at the rest of the sentence. But one of the few papers I actually got an A on in college, uh, like long papers. Um, you know, I, I always did well, but uh, I, I got like a 
near perfect mark on this one but it was about how horror sort of reflects the culture of the time and it sounds yeah. like sort of a fart sniffy thing but i really do think that is true and and i think so i'm not the first per- yeah i'm not the first person to go up at this point but in any case uh i i wrote about you know sort of the evolution of horror and stuff and i i don't i don't know particularly what it would have been in 81 that would have done it but you know i'm sure someone smarter than me has figured out why we are so afraid of things looking like one thing and being another thing. I guess still still Cold War stuff maybe it ties into? Yeah, I'm thinking like Cold War or like anyone can turn. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Cause yeah, I, I didn't, I should have looked this up. I, I literally had this thought as I started talking for this podcast. The problem with, with having these thoughts live on, on, on microphone, as it were, is you can't just be like, well, let me take 20 minutes to read a dissertation about it. We, of course, are talking about 1981's John Landis movie, An American Werewolf in London. Don't forget the Anne. I always forget the Anne. It's very important part of this. An American Werewolf in London, celebrating its 40th anniversary and being talked about on this podcast. So you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your amazing transformation. Something's good about it. It's your amazing transformation. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Yeah, I mean, no, no uh, shade to our previous episode on the howling, which had some cool moments. This is it. This feels like the the like the pinnacle the uh the rosetta stone of transformation sequences yeah yeah and obviously we've dragged on the academy awards on this podcast before but they saw this and were like well we gotta create a new category for that <laughs> we got how cool we gotta is that like how how yeah. cool would that feel to be like i my work was so good that you <laughs> made a category like we gotta do something for this movie like yeah 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 whatever you say but like no no no, no. we are making a category for this Meanwhile, the stunt man wrapped in yeah, I was the <laughs> covered in fought in like burn gel is like they did what? <laughs> hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. We do like an important part of movies too, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, some of us die. Like, people have died, and they're like, yeah. no, 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 no. I was literally, I'm laughing so hard because I was literally about to make a little like. Ooh, maybe one day they'll see fit to give awards to the stunt people who deserve them so richly, and then you made the same comment. Yeah. Some people deserve way more respect than they get. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just... It, the other thing, too, is, like, that stuff looks incredible. The behind-the-scenes looks incredible. And so many of the categories don't really translate to television. You're telling me you couldn't cut together a dope montage of the people who, like, flung around on the Fury Road vehicles or whatnot. You the know, pole cap pole things? Yeah, yeah. But just, like, pick a... Th- like, whatever. Every movie... Like, every year there's some sort of movie with dope action scenes. You're like, oh, yeah, the people who make those. That yeah. they get honored. Anyway, we can get off that particular soapbox because we're here to talk about a movie I think we're going to have... A lot to chew on with, pun totally intended. Not a lot of notes, uh, though, we'll like start... like usual for the movies that I like. <laughs> Not a lot of notes. Yeah. I have a fair amount for this one because I was, I was really trying to, like, drill down on stuff. Because this is a movie I've seen a ton of times. Um, I was a big scaredy cat kid, as I've said before. And 
this one got like the mom approval. She yeah, was, she I was... always think of mom for this and like Frankenstein. For some reason, mom loved Frankenstein movies and American Werewolf in London. She particularly loves the Frankenstein and uh, Monster Squad. That that maybe that's what it is. Thing, yeah. But but she loves this movie, and so she kind of like gave it to Which me. Which is like weird that. for how much nudity there is in it. <laughs> there's there, well, she never remembers that there's nudity in things, as uh, the the famous Terminator story of like, hey, how you doing? Did you, I was watching Terminator One today. There's so much sex in this. Did you watch this? I'm like, yeah, I guess, but probably not as much as Terminator Two. But also like. People are getting killed, and you don't care about that, but the boobs is a problem. Um, although less female nudity. There's like very little. Until you get to the yeah. porno theater, there's like nothing. Yeah. I was like sure that Nurse Price was naked, and she's like, she is naked, but she's not. She's naked like they always say on TV, which still to this day drives me insane. Well, I don't know. I don't see it anymore. But I do remember distinctly they'd be like, Famous actress poses nude on the cover of Vogue and 13-year-old me is like, say what? And then they show the cover. I'm like, that woman's not naked. You can't see anything. She's not naked. Yeah, she's when you're covering yourself completely and all you see is top cleavage, you're not really naked. Like, you're You're not exposing yourself. Right, you're unclothed is what you are. Come to me when Dr. Pepper cancels your your promotional partnership because of your nude scenes in an American Werewolf in London and then we can talk. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but anyway, so she was like, you should watch this, you know, gave it to the little movie nerd me. And I remember being both afraid, but also so entranced by this that I was cranking up the blackness level on the TV, like back when you could adjust the brightness. Um, so you said black made it brighter than it. I I made it as bright as possible. So like the movie looked washed out, but I could get a better look at the prosthetics in the scenes where, um, Hmm. Oh, God, what's his? I forgot his name. The best friend, not David, but Jack, Jack. So in all the scenes, so like when Jack comes in the hospital and his neck's all flappy. And then I particularly remember the porno theater one being so entranced by the robot thing that I was just like, I have to see this as much detail. I was like six inches away from the tube television, (laughs) probably giving myself cancer with the brightness jacked all the way up because I was like, oh, my God, I got to see this thing. And so I, I absorb all the details. So it should have scared the shit out of me, but for whatever reason, I was just totally entranced by it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know when I first saw it, but it's definitely a movie. Because my boyfriend watched this one with me, because I was like, "No, I genuinely enjoyed this movie. Would you like to watch yeah, it with me it for the rules. podcast?" Sometimes, normally, I'm just like, "I have to watch something for the podcast. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. don't know what it's gonna be. You, yeah, I, you know, whatever." But I was like, "You yeah. should watch with me. It's a very good movie." Yeah, it's like. Four out of every 26 episodes that we do. Yep. So that I'm like, yeah, this one's worth your two. Sit down and watch this. Um, I actually just watched this a couple of years ago with my girlfriend and also her sister and her sister's husband. And that we were like looking for something to watch. And I was like, this is scary, but also like really freaking cool. And it's like kind of funny. And the other the people who were her sister and uh, sister's hu- husband were like a little bit more fraidy catty and like they they'll watch one but they don't like like it you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i was like this feels like a good one and everybody dug it and i was like oh right go because it's very in here. the gremlins vein that it's yeah, like yeah kind of fun there's a funness yes. to it yeah yeah um and obviously we'll just get this out of the way john landis huge asshole father of a huge asshole we're just gonna talk about this kid nicely max landis n- n- who was like the hot shit as a writer, and then it came out that he was a sexual predator. I don't remember person. that. 
He wrote Chronicle, which was like his big breakthrough, and then he wrote. Uh, Is Chronicle the right? one where the the kids who like got superpowers? Yes, yeah, yeah. It's I really liked Chronicle. Um, he also did Bright, which I never watched. But was that Netflix one with the trolls and Will Smith? Oh, the the racism as monsters thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he like outside of all that would do like a lot of YouTube stuff, and he made this incredible wrestling video that was like sort of commentary about like wrestling as a narrative and stuff that I thought was so good and so well done. Like I've showed it to other people and then it turns out he's a huge predator and including like actually uh, did predatory sex crimey shit to a woman on the set of the wrestling video. I like so much. And I was like, uh. well, that sucks. So he's a turd. His dad killed three people is also a turd. So mm-hmm. we'll just get that out of the way. There's a turd family. Uh, yep. John Landis happened to make a great couple of great movies and we'll probably do some other ones along the way. Uh, but he is a turd noted turd John Landis. Exactly. Uh, we start this movie with blue moon, which I find fascinating as a song because with just a couple changes in the sort of tempo of it, you go from like either this sort of lament sad song to like a real fun number. And I, I find this very, very interesting. Yeah. I also find these opening credits kind of boring. Like, I forgot that the opening credits aren't like, they don't really set the tone. And it's not no. like a, it's not like a situation where they show you like picturesque, like visit Ireland or visit England. Yeah, kind of, yeah. it doesn't feel like that. It just feels like we have well, that's very intentional. Landis wanted it to be miserable and gross and rainy. Like he did not want it to be like a visit Ireland thing. So I get why it's not like that. But I also was surprised that like, even uh, you don't need it. The movie works just fine without it. But I was, I'm always surprised that it's not a montage of these guys like backpacking or getting on airplanes or getting on trains or whatever. I think that would have been a better use of the time because it's, it's, they're pretty long and it's just very it, it's sort it's static shots and the text isn't very interesting and the music is just it's just a, a song i don't know yeah i i mean it's not it's not particularly compelling i totally agree with you i do think it maybe like lulls you in a little bit like it, it's a little bit relaxing it doesn't it doesn't give this like i feel like the one thing you could run into with the montage would be pushing the pace a little and this movie is is i mean it's only like what 88 minutes 87 minutes it's a very yeah, 87. movie or no, it's it, or ninety seven. Okay, it's 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 a very quick movie. Like it's not a long runtime, but it's sort of methodical. It's it's it takes its time. It's 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 well paced, but it's not in a hurry at all. Like there's no part of this movie that's no. in a hurry up mode. And I I wonder if that kind of opening would make you feel like the rest of the movie drags a little. So maybe that's part of it. That like could be because there's definitely a couple shots in there that I'm like, I don't I don't think we need this whole shot. I think we could yeah. have. We could have trimmed a minute off of this yeah. shot of them from behind walking. Yeah. Well, thanks to the magic of uh, home home video, we could just fast forward through the credits and get to the, to the movie. Um, I always think this every time I watch. These guys do not have enough shit with them. <laughs> I know. You're yeah, how long are they like supposed light. to be backpacking for? <laughs> it's they say months. It's it's oh, definitely wow. it's definitely a whole summer backpack trip in the way that they talk about it. And they also seem like they're going to do some camping and neither of them have camping equipment. No, they really don't. No tent, no bedroll, no no sleeping bag, no nothing. And both of them have ja- like I had my Jansport that I took to high school carried more shit than both of these backpacks look like they do. 
No, I think his backpack is it's tall. It's definitely a taller backpack. David's is a little taller, but the but the the Jack backpack is tiny. Yeah. Also, the idea of backpacking like like this in 1981 is just like terrifying to me. Yeah, I mean, oh, broke my leg in the middle of the wilderness, dead now. Like, (laughs) that's why you go with a buddy. You don't you don't hike alone. Okay, but still, like, then he has to go. What happens when he breaks his leg? Like, okay, well, you're talking about a two leg break scenario. That's I got a news for you. If you have a cell phone, you're still fucked. If both of you have broken your legs, but you can call for help if if your phone works. Yeah, that's why I I I would not put myself in a situation where the phone is like like dead dead. Like every time they see those like stupid commercials, they're like, it's time to unplug, and it's like the the dad's driving the family, and he's like, the mom keeps checking the signal, and when she's finally like, no signal, he's like, perfect, and they pull over, and I'm like. You did. You cut out the part where he murders them all. Like <laughs> the second act of that commercial is he chops them up into pieces and scatters them in the woods. I uh, very much enjoyed hiking, and uh, one of my favorite parts of it is my phone often doesn't work, so I get no notifications about anything. So I don't. Agree. I don't need notifications. That's not what I'm saying. I don't need Instagram notifications. I don't need my likes or whatever. I'm not that person. I need to be able to call someone. Or uh, 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 reach someone in the event that I need help. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but I'm just telling you, like, I frequently go hiking in places where there is just no cell. There's no cell service at the start, the middle, or the end. You just Yeah, but aren't you, like, on a trail? Yeah. These guys are on the road. I mean, it's not the bustling highway, but they're on a No, I think there's a difference between, like, you and, like, a national park trail. If something happens, there's a lot of other people around that would hear you scream. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, we're riding in the back of a truck, and we we uh, get to where we're going, uh, the small town where the slaughtered lamb pub happens to be. And I just the line reading from Jack of that lamb shit in my backpack. I, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get to that one. Oh man, they get off the they get out of the thing, and the guy sells the first the first time someone sells them to stay off the moors or keep off the moors rather. I always misremember that line. Uh, they're like shouldering their bags, and Jack goes like, "Oh man, that sheep shit in my backpack." <laughs> I, I legitimately guffawed like a <laughs> by myself in the house. Hmm. Yeah, I missed that line. The the other thing that really makes this movie work among among the many things that make this movie work because it's an excellent movie the uh, the chemistry these two guys have is off the charts and I, I don't know if it was a situation where they got hired and were you know hey go hang out spend some time together uh, sort of situation Maybe. or or what or if it's just that they have they clicked because you know sometimes you just click with a person yeah unbelievable chemistry you believe that these two have been friends for years that like they. They wanted to go on this trip together for had been playing this for, you know, since they were juniors or sophomores talking about this backpack trip. It feels like two best friends on a, on a journey. It's wild. It does, well, and uh, uh, at least according to IMDb, uh, John Landis had to fight to get Jack a work visa. Yeah, it's because cool it was it was David, John Landis, uh, Rick Baker, Rick Baker. Mm-hmm. and then Jack, the four people who needed, you know, work visas and England with uh, London or whatever was like. Uh, film office yeah it was like you no, for some reason i don't know why they drew the line at jack they were like well no there's plenty of american was... actors in england that could play jack yeah. and i was like what? what that is a weird distinction to make like he's a second he's a support he's like a second main character in this movie right they just didn't want to give out the fourth uh visa and 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 landis 
uh, said to them, well, I'll just go make an American werewolf in Paris then. And they were like, all right, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what, uh, what movie, movie people can do when they hold, when they hold uh, money hostage. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of, I watched that movie as well. And while it was delightful in the way that late 90s trash is, is often delightful, Oh, baby, is it just an absolute mess of a movie? 16 years is probably too long for your sequel. Well, they also, like, kind of, sort of, maybe wink at the lead woman played by Julie Delpy in it being the daughter of David and Nurse Price. What? Yeah, that they that they conceived a child, and then she got werewolfism because he who was already, like... So she's 16 werewolf. in this movie? So, so they don't, they, they very much hand wave over the age because she is having sex with, uh, Tom Everett Scott from that thing you do. The one who kind of looks like Tom Hanks. Okay. Uh, he is the, like the lead guy. Uh, he's the David role and she's old enough that it doesn't seem creepy. And the actress, uh, Julie Delpy certainly wasn't 16, but they, they have her like old enough to be hanging around college people. So she, it's like hand-waved. But yes, she should be like 16 years old. No. Yeah, they, at one point they show like her dead mom as a ghost. Like, you know, werewolves can see ghosts. And she's in a nurse's outfit. And I'm like, no offense intended, but the actress who played Nurse Price couldn't have been too busy to take this check. So if you really wanted to do this, like call her up and do well, it. Well, again, she would have been... And they probably were going for like she was the same age, you know, in the flashback, like in, in the ghosty moment. Like she wouldn't no, no, have been sixteen ghost, years older. The ghost is wearing a nurse's outfit, so you don't know when she died, but presumably she was on shift while it happened. She <laughs> yeah. killed at any point. Anyway, we're not here to talk about American Warrior from Paris, which is which is hot trash, but the kind of trash that I kind of like watching. Uh, we go to the slaughtered lamb, which amazing sign. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a wolf head on a yeah on a pike. on a on a pike on the for the sign, which is a first red flag. Oh yeah, if if the pub is called the slaughtered lamb and the sign does not have a lamb, I'm I'm very confused. And also, the pub is called the slaughtered lamb, and everyone is way too cool with this. I mean, like whatever, London pubs do whatever you want. It's it's eighty one, and you are in the middle of nowhere, London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not London. We're in Ireland or England. England, England, not Ireland. Jesus. <clears throat> yeah, it just looks like every f- picture of Ireland you've ever seen. Yes, yeah, it, it does, it does, it does, it does. But we are in, uh, we are in England. Um, perfect use of the everyone stares at the new entrant trope. I love mm-hmm. that. We we go into a, a tavern full of men and chunky cable nets. Oh yeah, it's an so, itchy looking crowd. So many thick woolen sweaters. Yeah, exactly. My neck was my necks. I had to scratch my neck just out of like uh, <laughs> uh, sympathy. They get in there and they're like, "Hey, do you have any like cough, like something hot to drink?" And she's like, "No." And I was like, "That's that's not an unreasonable request for a, right. a drinking establishment." Like exactly because like, do you have coffee? Like something hot? He even says, he says hot chocolate, which like sure, that's dumb. Yeah. But then she's like, Although, I mean, some bars would have a packet of Swiss Miss. It's not insane. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. But like she she's like, I, I have tea if you want something hot. And like, do you have? Oh, can we have tea? And she's like, no, but I can boil some. And I was like, ma'am, come on, lady. Like, stop breaking my balls here. I'm trying to buy shit from you. And they don't have any food. That's their other. Yes. 
There's no food at this pub. Not even a packet of crisps. Yeah, like, come on. You, you got something here. Yeah, I mean, where's the hog lumps? You know, where's... The, I need a little slice of fried gold. I've seen Shaun of the Dead. I know what you're supposed to have. This is Give me mystery meat and vegetables covered in mashed potatoes and baked. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you don't have hot food, that's fine. But certainly there's some chips around here, no? Yeah. It's also uh, really unsettling that everybody turns to stare at these two. I found I found it legit. I always find it legitimately creepy that the the people in this pub have no interest in them being there, and they're actively like, "Get out of here! We don't want you here." Yeah, but at that point, like, why is the pub door open? Like, lock it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's a situation where it's like all the locals are welcome, but we don't know who you are. Get out of here. Yeah. And we, the guy, the actor who tells this racist Mexican joke that is the next beat of this, is the greatest match of casting to required performance I have ever seen because I'm 30 almost 35 years old I've had a lot of men that look like this thumb tell me a racist joke and I've had to pretend to laugh at it and go about my day and every one of them looks like this guy yes. he is the epitome of racist joke teller guy and it's it's truly incredible it's truly incredible and I was like of course he's going to tell a racist joke. Of course he is. Yeah. It's like one of those classic, like, bunch of stereotypes on a plane. It's a plane, right? They're I like, didn't know where it was going. Plane. It's a long, yeah. it's a long walk. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I have heard, I, I, I hope maybe you're just lucky in that, like, you're a little bit younger and this is, this has died a little more and you got less of it. But I have heard the variations on this from so many old men and so many bars it's just like, ugh. I was in New Orleans a few years back and I got like almost an exact beat for beat joke of this. And like it ended and he like gave me the big smile and I was like, huh? And I lifted my beer and then went back to drinking it. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's funny. And also you told it for like an hour. I don't know you, sir. Yeah, I don't long joke. Be your friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, have I, have you, you, do you remember the janitor at, um, Shimona, who would balance the broom on his finger. Have I? I never went to Shimona. Oh, that's you went to Shimona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so in third and fourth grade, there was this janitor who would like be in the lunchroom and he would like balance a broom on his hand, right? Like just like upside down, like the 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 yeah the the, yeah yeah, and like he would entertain himself like this or whatever, and like I don't know. Whatever he was entertaining himself like this, but I remember this man like I could I I could take it I go to a sketch artist and they could sketch him out. He he had the vibe of this guy in the pub, and I remember being in third or fourth grade, and he would tell us these Polish jokes, which are like just racist against Polish people of like Polish people are stupid in various mm-hmm. ways. And I remember hearing these jokes, and I was such a, I was in third or fourth grade, and being like. I don't know any Polish people. Like, are Polish people stupid? Like, I just didn't understand yeah. the racism. There was, was no, so there was awesome. no context anymore because it wasn't right, 1962. Right, right. And it was like, how do you make a Polish guy mad? Tell him there's a penny in the corner of a round room. Ha 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 ha. And he would like legitimately laugh at a joke like that. And I remember the horrible joke because I remember being confused by it. Of like, <laughs> why would why would anyone fall for that? No one's that stupid. But it's like later I heard the same joke as like a blonde joke or whatever, whatever. All that. That dumb shit but just this janitor man looks just like this human thumb here that i'm like oh yeah that's that's a thumb all right mm-hmm. they also have the the pentagram on the wall with like 
two yes. candles that look like they've never stopped burning. Yeah, exactly. Why I have a did... lot of questions if I'm here. Oh, yes. But why did Universal pick the pentagram to be the werewolf symbol? I like, I've always know. thought the pentagram was very, like, demonic and witchy, but I've never, I never understood why that they were like, yeah, it's the werewolf thing. Yeah, I don't know either. I guess because the cross is already taken. Yeah, I guess. It just seems such a strange decision that, like, the mark is like the, it's like the star, like, it's basically the supernatural, like, anti-possession thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. I I, I have often wondered, but I don't know the answer. I'm sure, I'm sure the answer is out there. It's probably because it looked cool, would be my guess. Yeah. Or, since we're talking about racist stuff, some executive was like, hey, make it a Star of David. And they were like, absolutely not. And he's like, all right. And he crossed out one of the six and was like, good enough. Uh, I also always wonder why they don't ask about an in. Like, that's not a that's not part of the conversation. Yeah. I mean, I guess my brain was like, oh, a pub is like in this town. This seems like a place where you they would have a, a, a like a room to let. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they like they don't seem to know how far the next town is. It's the middle of the night, seemingly when they get there. Like, you know, yeah, I don't know why they pick. I, I, I just that an opening montage of like them mapping out a route and like kind of bickering yeah. and like dra- a big red marker like drawing would make sense yeah, of like yeah. <laughs> why why would you start your journey in like bumfuck England right start it somewhere yeah, I- big and then go somewhere else big with small spots on the way like yeah my my assumption is always been we're in the middle of the trip you know it's been a month or a few weeks oh okay and and we're just like joining them in media res, as it were, because they kind of allude to the fact the way they're talking, they seem to have been on the road for a while. Has always been my my vibe. Okay, I can see that. But yeah, they 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 get no warm reception here. They they leave the pub after asking about the pentagram. It causes like a big kerfuffle, and so they're like, "All right, we're gonna get out of your hair." And they start going down the road. And at this point, I'm like, "Wait a minute! It's the middle of the goddamn night, guys. What are yeah, you doing?" Yeah, at this point, I'm like, "Hey, is there is there like a bale of hay in a barn I can sleep on?" <laughs> yeah, can we get the Jesus accommodations? Please? I'll give you my wristwatch at this point. Like, yeah, I just don't yeah. want to be walking around in the darkness, in the rain. Yes, that too. After creepy, creepy warnings from the creepy and cryptic warnings from the local people. Yeah, because they're like, so they're they're We don't want you here. Stay off the moors or keep off the moors. And they're like, well, I guess we'll leave. And the the lady who's like the innkeeper, not in, I keep wanting to say innkeeper, but it's a pub is like, right. she's the bartender. She's like, we can't let them go. And I was like, if the second anyone in a bar says we can't let them go in a way that doesn't sound threatening, I'm like. Excuse me? Yeah, What's I out there? They left at that point. Oh, was it? I thought she said it once before they left. I think maybe she does. My memory is that they leave and immediately she's like, we can't let them go. She's really trying to help protect David and Jack and you know, unbeknownst to them, of course. Yeah, she's the only one with like a conscience. Yeah, for sure. So they're walking and they, of course, are talking and walking and suddenly they look down and oh shit, we're not on the road anymore. I think it would have been made a little more sense if they were drunk like with a bit of a rework in the pub that way they're a little drunk when they're wandering around because then it adds the layer of like later in the movie when they're like you were attacked by a madman and he was like it was a wolf and they were like well you were drunk so 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could totally see it being that they the pub does the sort of record scratch moment, then they start talking to the guys, having a beer, and then it's another beer, and then it's another beer, and then they're a little bit drunk and they're like, So what's with the pentagram? And suddenly all everybody is not chill anymore. Mm-hmm. But I love the part where we first hear the wolf howl, which is unlike any wolf howl I've heard in in, in any other movie before or since. It's it's very I like it a lot. Creepy. And I forget who hears it first. I think Jack hears it first. And he turns to David and is like, did you hear that? Which is such a such a bizarre thing that human beings do. Like, I have asked that question. I've been asked that question when walking in the woods or even like in a house late at night with somebody. It's so bizarre to me that we have immediately our human instinct is like, am I crazy or did someone or are we in danger? And it's like, I need confirmation yes. from the other person here to tell me which it is. <laughs> Um, this is another long shot of them walking away. Like before, right before we hear the wolf, there's this very long shot. It's like a very stationary shot, and they're just walking away. And it's another moment. I'm like, wait, come on, come on, follow them or cut the shot. Oh, I I actually really like this one because they go over a rise and they go down and they sort of disappear from the shot. I thought it looked really rad. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just it's, there's. I think there's a, just too many of these like very long shots that I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah, I'm. I I totally disagree with you. I, I uh, this one. I I think that I love how the long shots because you know this is a werewolf movie. You know what I mean? Even the first time you go to see this, yeah. it's right there on the poster. It says American Werewolf. So you're like, all right, well, I I see the two Americans, so we're gonna get one of these boys being a wolf. So it's like very very much. Uh, anticipation thing for me or drawing it out a little yeah. bit here I think really works in, in the favor of the movie because it's it's you're waiting for it you're just like okay when are they going to get bit when are they going to get bit and f- it finally happens it's maybe 25 minutes when this attack happens yeah it's it's a decent chunk of time uh, but I forgot Jack, that he abandoned David him first off, and as he's running Jack's screaming like he's yeah yeah and it's not until Jack starts going he's killing me that or it's killing me that he runs back to save him yeah which, like, again, buddy system it isn't helpful here because you're both just got got. Well, well, you know, there is the old adage that you don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to outrun the people you're with. Yeah. Every time I stop to look at dangerous wildlife in a national park, I do a quick survey of the other people also looking at the dangerous wildlife. And I say to myself, can I outrun at least one of these people? And then if the answer is yes, I feel safe. I mean, that's fair. That's very fair. Uh the townspeople show up with guns and shoot the wolf. I just, I think there's, I never understand why the town is like protective of the, of the wolf. I don't think they're protective of the wolf. I think they're protective of themselves because in a world where you go to the public and say, there's a werewolf, they, they think you're all insane. Well, yeah, but like, but then why are they like, no one can come into this town. Like we have weird animal attacks. Oops. Sorry. Yeah, I, it's, I think it's a situation of our town is cursed and we want to keep anyone from getting this curse. And also, like, we're trying to it's sort of like the let's let this die with us thing is, is the vibe I get from it. Huh. I don't know. I, I, it always feels more like stern and angry. Like, you get out of here, outsider. And I'm like, OK, but like, if you knew who the werewolf was then kill him when he's a human before he becomes right. a wolf monster. Right, right. Or, or kill yourself. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> like, just put a, put a gun in your mouth if you have the werewolfism. Mm-hmm. 
so we cut to the hospital. David wakes up in the hospital. Oh, we also see the, a human after uh, they shoot the wolf, and then that's right. Yeah, David turns, and there's like a naked, a naked dead man there. Yeah, yeah, and um, all the nurses have taken a shine to David, which you know I totally get. He's a cutie. This this David Naughton. He's sort of a. My boyfriend said he was very um, more handsome sliced alone, and I see, I can see that. I can see that. I a see hair, a, anyway. Yeah, I see a sliced alone mixed with Zach from gremlins sure yeah zach zach galligan i think they're all like diet tom hanks i don't know i th- i don't get tom hanks because it, it's it doesn't feel as like goofy like there's a goofiness to tom hanks oh interesting i find both uh zach galligan and david naughton to be a little goofy that's interesting hmm. you know i i get more of like there's a i don't know there's something that very like youthful about i mean also that like my version of tom hanks no matter what movie i'm watching i'm like he's an older man (laughs) so like even in no no even in the burbs i'm like he's an older guy (laughs) yeah i'm talking like big tom hanks you know yeah i can see that like like young boy next door tom hanks the the era that we do on this podcast Uh, in walks Frank Oz using his regular voice so Fozzie Fozzie Bear Bear. does these next lines (laughs) which is a little bit weird it's so great because he walked in and I was like, oh, my God, it's Frank Oz. And Jack was like, what? And then he spoke and he was like, oh, and I was like, I know. <laughs> yeah, they, he starts going into this whole spiel. You know, they tell him that uh, Jack is dead and, you know, this is no time to go into hysterics. That's more Kermit. But anyways, yeah. like this, this is no is time, no time to, go to go into hysterics. No. And I'm like, actually, sir, this is a great time to go into hysterics. I just woke up from a coma and my a three week coma. Yeah, they haven't mentioned that part yet, but oh boy, that's a long coma. It's so weird because he's like the ambassador in the embassy, or is that what they're? Is it was? Is it an ambassador? So an ambassador would work in the embassy. I'm not sure what Frank Oz's title, but certainly he works in the embassy. Gotcha. Because he's like, we're communicating with your parents, and we will keep them updated of your progress. Because like obviously, he's still in recovery, so they don't want him to travel. Um, and then David's like, well, my friend is dead and starts freaking out. And <laughs> Frank Oz is like, what a bastard. Doesn't appreciate what we do for him. And I was like, yeah, is that supposed to be a commentary on something? Cause like, <laughs> I don't I get it. It's, I just think it's like, you know, a you know, adult and wily teen boy, you know, angry with each mm. other. So the cops come to visit the doctor and I love the Terry. Like it's such a great bit of this movie that there's a young doofus cop and an old miserable bastard cop. It's such See, a good I don't pairing. get doofus. I get a little bit of doofus, but also that he's like less willing to sweep things under the rug. Totally, totally. But he is very clumsy. Yeah, he, yeah clumsy. That's a good word. Yeah, yeah. That's why I said doofus. But I would just love, like, I would watch the spinoff series that this, this two, these two cops having an adventure. It would be a short series because the older cop, spoilers, gets his head removed from his body. It, not too yes, long yes, later. he does. But I would totally like. I would watch the prequel where it's them having weird adventures throughout London. And so this is where I forgot that, like, I couldn't remember who was in on it because the police are like, well, they said it was a madman, so. You're obviously lying. And he's like, I was there and it was a wolf. And they're like, mm, no, I don't think so. And I'm yeah. like, so they're gaslighting him, but they're not because they, they also just believe it's a bad man. Right. I mean, it's just a it's just an easier explanation because his wounds aren't that serious, I think. 
You know what I mean? Like the scratches yeah. on his face look like a human hand rather than a wolf attack. Yeah, and they said, and they they make it a point to say that they were he was like his wounds were dressed before he arrived. Yeah, that's the that's the really fucked up part that I've never understood with this movie because the town clearly is so protective of the wolf secret, but instead of just killing David, which would have been very easy to do, they let him live, and it's like I don't get why. Yeah, it makes more sense that they would have just shot him and been like, "Oop, two dead kids from America. No one's exactly. gonna miss him." Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or they'd like, they think he's dead and they try to bury him and it turns out he's not dead. Like he wolfs out and, you know. And then they rob him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The other really clever thing with the screenplay for this movie is the three-week coma, which we talked about already or mentioned already. But the fact that he's now three weeks out from his wolf attack means everyone in the audience instantly is like, oh, we're about to get werewolf action oh see i i didn't make that connection but it that makes a lot of sense as a yeah, yeah. screenwriting shorthand yeah it's like you know the, the if your werewolf mythology is the once a month thing the full moon thing which not every werewolf thing does but this one does mm-hmm. going waiting to the next full moon might take forever but it, it makes this a lot more interesting i think that it were we have a week here i agree and also like the fact that they're like oh it's been three weeks I'm like that is not the way you tell someone they've been in a three-week coma. Exactly. Also, how refreshed do you think he feels? I think it would be... You know when you take a nap that's a little too long? Oh, you think and, it's an over, oversleep sit. Yeah, you overshot it, and you're like... <laughs> See, I'm thinking it's like that perfect night of sleep, which you get like two times a year, where it's like you just time it just right, your REM cycle times out just right, and you wake up feeling perfect. You know, right? Not that I feel bad most days, but I'm just saying, like, a perfect night of sleep isn't a, isn't a given. I would hope so for him, but you never know. Yeah. Uh, we cut to him running naked in the woods, and he can get it. <laughs> He's in great shape. Amazing shape. And just, like, naked all the time in this movie, and I'm oh, yeah. so here for it. Yeah, yeah. He's got his bits are flip-flopping all over this thing. You see Dick. I know. Both where it starts and where it ends. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, I don't know the last t- the last time we saw that was we didn't or not we didn't start the fire. Uh, you can't stop the music. <laughs> Wait, can't stop how the the music had full frontal. Oh yeah, it did in the YMCA number when they're in the oh, gym locker room. The background room. people, the background. Mm-hmm. People. Oh yeah, no, oh, the okay, lead characters okay. were not. I naked. was like, wait, we saw Gutenberg's <laughs> dick, and I don't remember it. Time we out. saw the Guten buddy. No. <laughs> No, he did not. My joke earlier uh, was real in that David, his actor, was a, the spokesman for Dr. Pepper. He was like, he had like a campaign and a slogan. And they fired him after this movie. They were like, you were naked. How dare you sully the good name of Dr. Pepper? <laughs> Dr. Pepper. How dare you insult vanilla. my doctorate? <laughs> we sell cherry vanilla soda to families, sir. Is that is cherry vanilla what it's supposed to be? that is like part of it there's there's allegedly what 23 flavors i think 23 flavors because they i know they have like cherry dr pepper yes i always found that to be quite silly i was like dr pepper already kind of tastes like cherry why are you adding more cherry huh i never got cherry i mean i love a dr pepper i'm a dr pepper fan i like it i i i always felt like a more complex soda (laughs) exactly you gotta pair it with the right meal Mm mm-hmm um Speaking of, have you ever had a sun drop? What's a sun drop? It's kind of like Mountain Dew, but it has real citrus in it. It's got like actual OJ, like some level of, you know, air quotes, but there's yeah. actual fruit in it. Fruit that sounds cool. No. Very good, yeah. 
I also like southern a cheer wine that southern like that southern soda wine. mom loves. Yeah, I just had a cheer wine uh, the, over this past week. The uh, cheer wine owns Sundrop. That's why I asked. I, I oh, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, Nurse Price is helping sick kids, so we get this like really you know like a lot of empathy built up to her for her. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't seen this in in a while. And I, in my head, she gets killed at the end. And I was like, man, this movie is like really making you love Nurse Price only to rip the rug out from under you. No, I did. I remembered she didn't die. Spoiler alert. But they have. Also, it, this this little kid smacks her ass. Yeah, he does. And I was like, oh, we're just going to. OK. Like, I'm sorry. If this little child smacked my ass, I'd be grabbing a shirt collar. Oh, I'm I'm breaking his arm. Okay, well, you can't break his arm. You're a nurse. You have a job that you care about, presumably. But you can certainly grab the scruff of a collar. Hey, I'm just saying. Um, But Nurse Price and David have some really cute banter because he's like, I'm not hungry. I'm not going to eat. Which sort of like makes you start to wonder, like, are these nightmares of him running in the woods eating animals? Like, is it happening? Is it not? I I honestly don't know the answer to that question. (laughs) I think it's not happening because the, the... any kind of woods like that are not near London. Like, right. Like there's woods and parks in London, but it's not like this. Yeah, I know. It's not, you wouldn't be able to like run through it wildly naked. Yeah. And we do later, he wakes up not at home. So it would be kind of, I, although I would honestly be really delighted by a werewolf movie where the werewolf like wolfs out, runs around, kills a bunch of animals or whatnot, and then wakes up in its own bed. (laughs) Yeah, there's like there's like dirt in the sheets and stuff, and he's like, "Oh man, I got it's like it's like Pet Cemetery." Yeah, 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 exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Um, but they get some fun flirty banter where she's like, "I'm gonna cut up your food for you if you're not gonna eat because I have to give you pills and you just eat to take your pills." It's great, the great uh, chemistry between these two as well. It it might just be that David Naughton is a is is a nice guy to hang around. Charming man. Yeah. 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 It looks like a Salisbury steak and mashed potatoes. Yeah. It's just like, you know, fine. Yeah. So uh, then he won't sleep by himself. And uh, Nurse Price just has to hang out with him all night, which seems like an odd, like how well staffed is this hospital that they can just put a person in this one room for the evening? I don't know. I mean, it's not like there's anything going on. Like, it's not, not to be topical. There's not a pandemic happening. So like. <laughs> right, right. But, like, she has to, like, presumably the nurses do rounds, they check on patients, they monitor things, you know. Yeah. And then there's the creepy face uh, dream, where, like, Nurse Price leans over him, and he's like, opens his eyes with the, like... Yes. That creep, the gray face with the fangs and the... It doesn't look like a werewolf, it looks more like a vampire zombie thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't have any wolf features, just the teeth. And then, of course, the, the Muppet dream, which is a delight, because... Oh, yeah. Second Frank Oz cameo. Exactly. Did you did you see what the deal was with this? Yeah, that it was part of an episode with this part didn't air in America, so people thought it was fake. Yes, because it's a little bawdier than the Muppets were on, on TV normally. But because of that, in the credits, and I noticed this because I was enjoying the song in the credits. I can't remember if it was Blue Moon or Bad Moon Rising, but I was just like, oh, I'm just gonna let this play. And the uh, credits have Kermit and Miss Piggy credited as themselves. Oh, I love that. So it says Kermit the Frog as himself, Miss yeah. Piggy as herself. Yeah. This this sequence I love so much, these like mayhem and murder Nazi zombies. Yeah, so my boyfriend like went to the bathroom right before this scene started and I was I like 
he was gone, I realized what this scene was. I was like, oh, hold on. I have to pause and back. Like, he, yeah, yeah. So he came back down. And I was like, this is like one of the most iconic scenes in this movie. So I would just observe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the double nightmare, I always forget about it. It totally got me here. It's so good. Yeah. Because yeah, the second like, one isn't too big. That's the right, key. Right. It's one more scare. He thinks the nightmare's over. Nurse Price is there, and she's a wolf, and it's just, or she's a she's not a wolf. She's a Nazi zombie thing. She gets murdered by a Nazi. That's right. That comes through the window. That's she it. opens a curtain, the one of those yeah. like room divider curtains. At this point, Jack returns. His neck is all gnarly. Allegedly, there is a... I don't know if the scene was shot or was cut before, but there was a bit where he took a bite of his toast and it fell out through the hole in his throat. I wish. Honestly, as he was eating, I was like, I wonder if it falls through. And I wish it did. Yeah. No, it would be super great. But even as it is, it's like there's this dangling bit of neck skin that's like, you know, clearly from a horrible wound. It's gnarly looking, but like incredible work Rick yeah Baker, it is every because it looks so real and gross and like wet and gooey yeah yeah exactly i've never seen this and i hope to never see it in real life but if i did see it i imagine it would look exactly like this oh yeah i also love it's a very simple easy succinct explanation for everything you were bit by a werewolf i was killed by a werewolf so i'm in limbo and until the werewolves are dead i'm stuck in limbo so kill yourself Boom. Yeah, Easy. Yeah, exactly. Two sentences. And it's a dead man explaining to him who is horrifically injured. So it seems easy to grasp. And I, for, it's so interesting because I forgot that like the crux of this movie is like peep is David being told to kill himself for the good of humanity, basically. So he goes home with Nurse Price. Why, though? Like if he's being discharged from the hospital, why doesn't he go home? Because Nurse Price wants to get a little. Yeah, but like. You don't think his family is like, hey, we've been so worried about you because you've been in London for a month in a coma. See, that's the thing. You'd think they would at any point attempt to contact him in any way. Like, he doesn't get a letter that the hospital's been saving for him. He doesn't get a phone call. Like, I understand international calls were expensive back then, but I have to think that a, a normal, healthy household, if the kid, like, an unhealthy household, if one of the kids got in a coma, they would pick up the phone and spend the 40 bucks. Yeah, you would think so. It's like you can scrape for this one emergency instance, crimp and save. Even if it's 50 bucks in 1981 money, which is a lot of money, it's like you got to get in touch with the kid. And also it can't be that much because he, well, I guess he says accept the charges when he calls home. Never mind. He does. Yeah. He makes the call from the payphone. But also, I mean, I think Nurse Price wants a little bit of David, and I think David wants a little bit of Nurse Price, and I could see being like, you know what, I'm going to get a little. I came to London to get a little, and I'm going to get it. You also got got by a werewolf. Yeah, but he doesn't think that's real yet. That's the thing. You were still attacked by a thing. Like, yeah. It's just so weird. It's just so weird to me that he's like, you're being discharged. And he's like, and the the conversation is not... Would you like to stay with me? The conversation is, do you have anywhere to stay in London? He shouldn't have to. He should go home. Yeah, I do wonder if it's not said. My initial thought with, you know, the the movie is like, oh, do they need to do, like, they want him to stay around, but he can't be in the hospital anymore. You know what I mean? It's like you're taking up a bed, but you still need to be around. But they don't indicate that at all. So we're going home with Nurse Price, and David is wearing a different puffy outer layer. This man's bag must have only been full of puffy outer layers. It's like a Hallmark movie. Yeah. They have 17 different outer coats that somehow fit in a carry-on bag. He has like a full sleeve puffy coat. Now he's in a puffy vest. She's got a nice big bathroom for this tiny, for this smaller size apartment. 
I actually thought the apartment itself looked pretty big, which I was surprised by. I was expecting you know much smaller apartment for a nurse. Nurses must do well over in that you know st- uh, standardized medicine. Yeah, well, I mean, she does have that teeny tiny. She has a mini fridge as her real fridge. Well, that's that's London. That's that's what they do. Oh, is it? Yeah, they go to the shops like every other day. That's like a that's not that unusual. The small fridge. Oh, they also have a sex scene that is way too long. It's you get the full moon dance by Van Morrison, like the full song plays. It's not a short tune. No, it's just like because I was like, oh, they're boning in the shower and they're still boning in the shower (laughs) and now they're boning in bed. Yes. And they're still boning in bed. Yes. And I'm like, can we wrap it up? I get it. They're both attractive people. (laughs) I think it's also, though, because Jack comes back here, Jack at stage two and it's this beautiful, it's this like kind of beautiful lovey moment between the two of them, and it's immediately crashed into by his rotting zombie corpse. So it's, it's a, like, such a great reveal because it's like a long, like a one take. Yeah, and they show the empty bathroom first, and then the camera like pans so he can shut the door, and then Jack is right there behind him, and it's so well done. Yeah, yeah, and so he he's he's got the neck, he's got the grossness, he's he's, he's green now, green. Yeah, yeah. Real um, Romero zombie like, um, and they have a little t- ch- chat, and they they hide the makeup really well. Like they they make the makeup more effective by you know sort of like dim lighting in here, and, and, and mm-hmm. they have this conversation. There's some shining esque music in here too, to the point where I, I look, I was like, I need to see if it's the same composer, and it wasn't. But this this score, this scene has um, very shining music. It does, it does, um, and at this point. Uh, Jack turns the heat up on David and says that you need to be killed by someone you love, which I thought was an interesting wrinkle on this. Yeah, well, I think it's not true because ultimately he's no. not. Right. Um, I think that he's just like, that. that's just his theory. Right. I just thought it would be an interesting turn if it was like, oh, the only way for me to die is for you to kill me. Yeah. Also, crazy that Claude Rains, Bella Lugosi and Lon Chaney Jr. were all in Wolfman. Like you would think they would like spread out their stars. <laughs> yeah, no, they had to, they had to cram them all into that one. That was the, that was the, you know, the, the who's who. Honest, a lot of those movies are on Peacock and I think I'm going to watch a bunch of them this year. I've seen, uh, well, you and I have both seen the original creature. Cause mm-hmm. we, we saw that at Blobfest a couple of years ago. Um, I've seen, I think designed by a woman. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a really cool story. The book I found extremely tedious, but the story is excellent. Um, so I've seen the original Mummy, I've seen the original Wolfman, I've seen the original Dracula, and I've seen the the creature. The one I remember most fondly is Creature. Um, mm-hmm. but they all have their moments. Yeah. The the, I- the part of Wolfman that's most interesting is the part that gets quoted. I think even was it in this movie or in the man who uh, says his Howl- prayers. Yeah, well, the 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 woman who's the word uh, we used to say gypsy, we don't say gypsy anymore. Traveler, I forget Romani. What the term is Romani. There you go. Sorry, um, she the very famous speech. It's in the Sandlot too, where it's like a even a man who says his prayers by day. But the specific part is a silver bullet or a silver knife or a club oh. with a silver handle, where she's like doing all that stuff is like burned into my brain because it's in so many different things. So uh, the doctor goes to East Proctor to investigate David's claims, and these people could not be more suspicious. Yeah, they're Which so, like, so creepy. Guys, tone it down. Have a little chill. 
for sure. It's baffling that they that they immediately are all like, well, I'll be as uh, conspicuous as possible. Not inconspicuous, conspicuous. I want to be very alarming. Yeah, because he's trying to like make conversation. And he's like, oh, terrible thing about that boy. And they're like, what are you talking about? And they're like, he was like, the guy who got killed and his friend who got maimed like <laughs> a month ago. And like, I haven't I heard of it. What are you talking about, love? Like, it happened in this town. I promise you nothing else interesting happened in the past month in this town. Exactly. Unless a pig exactly. gave birth. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. What's this with a madman? Hey, yeah. what I ever joke about Mexicans? Like, no, stop it. Uh, so the one guy who looks, he looks like an actor and now his, the name is escaping me. I'll I'll think of it later. I th- uh, I, th- I thought of him as a Hallmark actor where you're like, is that... No, it's not. Yeah, that's <laughs> what a, a lot of this make, movie yeah. felt like. Yeah. Because my boyfriend asked me, he's like, oh, when we started, he's like, who's in this movie? And I was like, no one you would recognize, I don't think. Yeah, it, it, I will say, I was going to make this point later, but it's truly baffling to me that David David Naughton, mostly in the rest of his life, has been doing this role or like plays off this role. He's yeah. good in this movie. I, maybe he's just not like maybe he's a bad auditioner or maybe I haven't mm-hmm. seen other things he's in. So maybe this is the, you know, our he was in some werewolf like, movie with Kimberly J. Brown in the early 2000s, apparently. And oh, I, I saw that and I was like, I have to look this up now. Yeah, well, like he's in he's in one of the Sharknados as like uh, ambassador, whatever the last name of his character is in this movie that I don't remember. Oh, and he was like in, to London, like is he like a London ambassador or I, I don't I did not I did not see all of the Sharknados. I just saw him as ambassador and then same last name as American World in London. And I was like, ah, OK, well, there's there's that again. And then he was in Psych where they, they did an American World in London episode. So he's just oh, I don't remember that one only. He he's he plays the guy in it. Hmm. I'll have to watch that episode. But anyway, it's it's baffling to me. But I, I wonder if it's just one of those, you know, our our my Kate Hudson corollary, where he just you know this is his peak. He had the right director, right script, best best performance situation. Yeah. Um. They also ha- he's watching TV and there's like televised darts. Well, we don't you remember we watched darts when we were in England? No. Oh, yeah, it was so much fun. Like, there was such weird... Well, it's not weird. It's weird because I'm American. But, like, unusual sports on television over there. So, like, I watched some snooker, and I really found it quite quite enjoyable. What's that? Like, slow. It's a variation on pool. I don't know the rules, but it's, like... A Is variation. it the pool without pool cues where you, like, roll the ball? No. I think it's the one without pockets. No, that's not it. I forget. I, I genuinely don't remember. But it's, like, a variation of billiards. Um, but I, I watched a bunch of darts... Uh, over there because it would be on you know late at night and I'd be you know just putting the TV on flipping around the channels and I, I, I this the stadiums for darts were wild like several thousand mm. people in there would watch yeah I don't remember that I remember they don't have ice in in London like, <laughs> ice is <laughs> that's illegal all of Europe that's all of Europe God it's yeah, awful I, I have uh, my my girlfriend's uh, the 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 sister of my girlfriend and her husband that I mentioned earlier he's uh, Portuguese and so he doesn't he, he doesn't like his water cold and so when we go over there I'm like cramming all the ice in yeah I just like, like oh, a, a, we're ice boys like you ask for an ice cube among- <laughs> you ask for ice they act like you're crazy they look at you like you're crazy and bring you one single cube and you're like excuse me <laughs> it got to the point where I was like hi um can you take that pint glass and absolutely fill it with ice and then put water in it and they would be like oh here it's just so weird to me. Like, 
It's not that bizarre of a request. Thing we're and and I, even among Americans, you and I are from an icy family. <laughs> we're, we, well, I had to not be because I'm lazy and I don't. I my la- both my fridge freezer now and my previous freezer did not have ice machines, and so I have to ice cube trays, and I get lazy yeah. filling an ice cube tray. Oh no way, man! We're, we this house we just moved, and our new place also doesn't have an ice maker. But we are like diligent about the ice making in this household. This is an ice house. There will be ice available. Well, we always have a very cold fridge water, so. Mm. Um, oh, so I forgot to mention the guy who looks like an actor that it, whose name escapes me tries to tell the doctor like, "Hey, werewolves!" And then the other, the racist dude is like, "Stop it!" And I'm like, "Again, guys, yeah, there's a way to handle the situation, and this is not it." Yeah, if you wanted to draw the maximum amount of suspicion, you have succeeded. Mm-hmm. So he's about to transform and rips off his pants and. You see it again, and it's just nice. It's just very nice to see so much male nudity for once. Yeah, yeah. Also, I do want to pause real quick, and uh, we'll, we'll come right back to it. But the um, the other thing I love in the channel surfing sequence is the Nina News of the World, where it's like, Yeah, is she supposed to be a news anchor or a celebrity, and it's like an expose? It's an expose, and she. I don't think she's like a celebrity celebrity. I think she's someone who, like, got famous for something but it's shot like like a porn interview it's like it, it, it's very weird sexy it's a strange vibe i also and love this- the that they 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 the montage of boredom with all the tv flipping and him like pacing around the house and all this stuff um is Creedence Clearwater Revival's Bad Moon Rising. So it's like mm-hmm. the audience is like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, uh, it's like I, I something bad. Something, about something's coming. The tempo has changed. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, it took me until this pl- watch, which is like the 20th watch of my life, to realize that all of the songs have moon in the title. They do. Yeah. Yeah. A little on the nose, but, you know. Yeah, it's fine. It works here. And so he transforms and it just looks so painful and agonizing. That's the part about it that rules because it seems like this would suck. Like in the abstract, Mm -hmm. the idea that you would turn from a human into a wolf seems brutally painful. All your bones moving around and organs shifting. Yeah, I feel like not a lot of werewolf stuff does this kind of thing. Like in Trick or Treat, they rip their skin off, but it doesn't seem to hurt them at all. Right, right. And it's like, I, you, I, if there should be a lore answer, right? Like, perhaps that you get, like, a numbing euphoria or something. But, yeah, yeah, it's way cooler that it hurts like hell. I just read uh, a book um, that I've been on a werewolf kick because of our theme month for the podcast. I've watched a lot of werewolf movies. I, I was reading this book. That's uh, It's called Lycanthropy and Other Chronic Illnesses. It's about <laughs> a, a, young, a youngish woman, like, college age, who uh, is in a chronic illness support group and one of the people's chronic illnesses that they are a lycanthrope they uh they i love that genetically but the gnarliest thing in it was every time she transforms all of her teeth fall out oh and so she has like a jar of her teeth because she doesn't know what to do with them like she, she doesn't want to just have like her teeth scattered about as people think all sorts of things so she has just like a huge jar full of her own teeth Ugh. yeah yeah and it also, uh, so the transformation happens an hour into this movie. It's like th- we're mm-hmm. two thirds of the way in before you finally get the big reveal here. Yeah. And it's it just looks so good. Rick Baker did such a great job. 
Yeah, this is 40 years old, and I think there's like maybe two little trims I would make of things that just like don't quite hold up anymore. And I'm just saying like you could just shorten a scene a little bit and it would you, mm-hmm. you would even not even notice. In particular, I love the hand stretch because yeah. the claw is so much larger than the human hand. It looks amazing. And the uh, the other one is the um, the the hair popping out of the back, which I assume it's is like so a- cool. Yeah, I assume that was like a reverse thing where they like pulled hair in and then reverse. I would I would assume so if I had but to guess. It's it's so cool looking. Like every part of this is incredible. And the 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 craziest part is how ballsy it is. It's just like we're not hiding anything. Like our, Oh yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> this is like a 3 or 4 minute sequence and you watch it all happen. Apparently Rick Baker was disappointed that the face transformation was so short cuz yeah. he spent a lot of time on that. Yeah. And he was like, it's seven seconds. And Landis was like, yeah, that's all I needed. And he got so mad. And then at the first screening he went to, when that's those seven seconds happened, people lost their minds. And he was like, oh, yeah, oh yeah. okay. You know what? Fine. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, film's collaborative, right? Like he was right in that instance. It's not always, you're not always right as a director, but they, you know, sometimes they make the right call. Yeah. And uh, he quickly kills a couple. Yeah. They, they're, they're, I like that they give a little bit of character to these people where you see the people that they're going to have dinner with and those people are like, where are so-and-so and so-and-so, you know? And they, they're kind of like a cute couple. The woman's very bubbly and they, they seem mm-hmm. to be like in the early stages of relationship. Like they're like very, you know, silly and flirty and, and whatnot. And I, it just, you get a lot, a lot of characterization in just a minute or two, which is, is impressive. She feels a lot like Diane from Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Which, like, frankly, I would love to see an Edgar Wright version of this movie. Not this yeah, movie, totally. but, like, yeah. the the werewolf Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know that we'll get that, but, um, you know, you never know. I'm very excited for his Last Night in Soho. I want to see what he does with a heart. Oh, my God, I'm so excited for Last Night in yeah, Soho. Yeah, can't can't wait for that. That'll be that'll be a theater trip to me for me for sure, which is... Uh, uh, been a, been a while since I've been doing. That. I know. I was like, I was like, so I was like, oh, it's not going to be streaming. Any, it doesn't simultaneously stream anywhere. <laughs> I was like, oh, good. I'll go see this one. I've been so spoiled. Halloween. I was like, oh, the no, thank you. I don't want to be a, among the unwashed masses of horror nerds again. No, I bu- I bought one of those. Do you remember at Wizard Video those popcorn tubs, the cardboard like movie theater popcorn yeah. tubs that you can microwave? Yeah. Yeah. I bought one for myself because oh, nice. I always wanted one back at Wizard Video, but I knew better than to ask for like <laughs> the snacks and stuff at the at the, the rental place. I mean, they like, were outrageously priced. That tub of popcorn was probably $9 at the video uh, store. Oh, I'm sure. But like I knew better than to even ask. But my brain has always been like, that's got to be so cool, man. <laughs> it is. So I, it is. a It is a genius idea, I will say. So I'm excited to to, to pop it up. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I, I the last the last the the last splurgy popcorn thing I like to do is like a very occasional Jiffy Pop. Oh, yeah, once in a while I'll get I grab a Jiffy Pop and so I can pretend I'm Drew Barrymore and scream. Exactly. I have an air popper, so I like that's that's my popcorn of choice because I'm one of those people. Yeah, I, I don't have one of those, so I use microwave popcorn. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm one of those snobby assholes. It's fine. I mean, if I had an air popper, I would you use one. You don't have an air popper? You're using a microwave <laughs> popcorn? Oh, my. I mean, theoretically, couldn't I just rip open a bag and put it in a pan and just, like, shake it? Like a hot pan and shake it? 
Yeah, but I've, you wouldn't want to you you would you wouldn't want to spend the premium on microwave popcorn because buying the kernels is like unbelievably inexpensive. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, so we we kill the the couple here, and then the the doctor's talking to Nurse Price, and she's like, "Oh, well, I'll call David." Oh, he's not answering the phone. So the doc sort of seems in on the werewolf at this point. It's well, because he's clear to me. He's also like talking about like lycanthropy as a neurosi. And I'm like, after everyone was weird in this town, you still think maybe it's not su- like you think maybe there's like a, a normal rational explanation to all this. Right. It's very, very silly. Uh, and he approaches a homeless camp. Apparently this is another scene that was cut. Apparently this was like really brutal and audiences were like too much, too much, too much, too much. Wow. I, I couldn't find it. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I just, I couldn't find it, but I would be very curious to see if it's out there anywhere on any like special edition or what have you. Cause you yeah, see I mean, later it, in the victim roundup, you see these three guys and they all, yeah. they don't, they don't look particularly gnarly dead. So I don't know what. No, is. I mean, it could have been lost in the universal fire. Oh, it totally could have. Yeah. Um, Cause they were pretty cagey about what was lost in that fire. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much everything. Yeah. They're basically be like, um, artists, music artists lost their stuff too. And they're like, oh yeah, we just forgot to tell you all about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there was a lot of insurance squabbling that happened. Probably. So he kills the couple and then um, the man they were going to dinner, his house, goes outside to look for them. And suddenly he's in like a forest field. And I was like, I thought we were next to your apartment building in London. Like, yeah, yeah. It does seem like it butts up against the forest for no particular reason other than this movie needs it to be a little creepier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He kills the homeless people and then goes to the subway. I love the look of the exterior of the London tube uh, trains from this era. It's very, yeah. it's very snazzy to me. It's like retro futury almost. Yeah, very that round mod. But here's here's the question I have, and I have had this since I think the first time I watched this movie. So how's this werewolf getting in the tube station? Um, maybe I think he's in the tube, like he's in the tunnel. Like, you right. know what I mean? How is he getting in this tube? Is he prying open a? Is he a ninja turtle? He's prying open a, a manhole cover. Like, how's he getting in the tube? Well, no, there's like, I mean, at least in American subways, there's like the great, there's some great spots. Where, like, you look yeah. down and you can see the subway going. He could have, like, ripped that open and jumped in. Well, I need to see that, I think. <laughs> I need to see how this werewolf... Because in my mind, this werewolf just, like, casually strolled down the tube stairs. Yeah, maybe. And I hope that he wasn't at that station that you tortured our mother at. Yeah, you're right. That one. I don't remember <laughs> where it is, but I know what you're talking about. It is adjacent to the British Museum. And... Uh, mm. We, we we were on vacation with our family. We were very lucky. We got to go to London. And uh, we were <laughs> we were leaving this tube station. And we were walking toward the elevators. And there was stairs instead. And Andrew was like, why don't Well, there was a long line at the elevators, too. Yes, yes. And <laughs> we, we start taking the stairs. And we're, we're climbing the stairs. And then we're still climbing the stairs. And then we're still climbing the stairs. And at this point, I'm like, 
We, this is a joke, right? Am I in a Looney Tunes cartoon? Like, we are, I have climbed more than a hundred stairs. Where is the outside part of this? And we climb, we climb. Our poor mother is like dying. We finally get to the top. And I forget how many stairs it was. I'm going to Google it because I, I my hyperbolic number says it's 500, but that seems preposterous. I'm going to guess 387. This says that Covent Garden is 193, which I would believe is where we were. The other one says Hampstead. The Covent, Co- Covent Garden is where um, the market was, where we got the hand pies. Okay. I think. Because, yeah, the Covent Garden flower markets for My Fair Lady. Yeah, maybe it's Hampstead, maybe it's Covent Garden, but whatever it was, we did this horrible, horrible staircase, and then um, (laughs) we went to leave, we, of course, took the elevator, and I saw the sign that was like, this staircase has XYZ number of stairs, do not take this unless it's an emergency. And I was like, did you see this sign? And you were like, yeah, I didn't think it was a big deal. I also didn't know I was the only one who saw the fucking sign. (laughs) You were definitely the only one who saw the sign. I think our mom is still mad about that. She doesn't hold a grudge, but I think she's still mad about the stairs. She could be. Anyway, what I wanted was a scene that took like 45 minutes for the wolf to carefully pick his way down this incredibly long staircase that's just like, like the Ghostbusters. <laughs> yes, exactly. I wanted an incredibly long staircase bit. The, the sequence. We also get like the most man. British reaction of anything. He hears the the growling, and the man goes, "See here, this is not very funny. I assure you." And I was like, "Wow, buddy, wow." I'll be the judge of what's funny, pal. And then he runs from the. He has to run away, and it's it's a nice like tense chase sequence. Yeah, I think it's really rad. It's it's super scary, and then you finally see the wolf on all fours, which is a little bit unnatural looking. Yeah, there's definitely something eerie about it because it's like it's like a he's like a chonky puppy. He's like a, a big boy. Yeah, the way he's the way he's like built. It it almost looks like a marionette. Yes, I can see that. So we get this wolf POV and the chase. So it's some really great stuff. It's also just like a really good use of space and also place. Like the two yeah. stations narrow, like everything is narrow and feels kind of cramped because it's underground. Rounded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's claustrophobic and it's, it's tense just like from the jump. It's just, it's really well done. And then he wakes up naked in a wolf pen at the zoo. Yeah, I also love the cut, though, because we the wolf goes to attack and then we cut on the roar of a lion and he's in the lion cage or he's in the wolf cage at the zoo next to the lions. It's really good. Yeah, that was great. So we see his butt some more and then and a, and a flash really of pain. Yeah, yeah. But I got a good laugh out of him. Like the person he approaches for help here is a child. And I was like, look, I know. Buddy, no. 1981, but stay the fuck away from children when you are naked. If like all circumstances, whether you've been accidentally naked or you're naked on purpose, just stay the fuck away from children. Yeah, I was like, don't do that. Don't go for a child. And he steals this child's. This child has 30 balloons. It's like a a mortgage payments worth of balloons. Well, it looks like the people people who sell the balloons in Disney World. Yes. And then he, there's a great shot. He steals the balloons and runs. And then there's just this like really wide shot of him sprinting behind this couple on a bench. And he yoinks this red coat and keeps running. And it's just so funny, perfectly timed and funny. And we cut to this little child. Mommy, a naked man, American man stole my balloons. 
<laughs> Such a good line. Which, like, no one's going to believe that kid ever. No. I love the shot of the feet here. We're at a bus station, and it's just it's huge, uh, Yeah, the, huge, the feet huge. is a really great establishing shot. Yeah, and then it's David's bare feet, and him in the red coat and naked is really good. I want I want to steal that red coat myself. It's a nice red coat. Yeah, this actually, the, the, the DP on this is Robert Painter, who was also... The, um, a lot of stuff. Uh, Little Shop, Muppets Take Manhattan. Oh, of, so Frank Oz. Yeah, yeah. A bunch of uh, Landis stuff, too. He did the Thriller video, Spies Like Us. Um, so they get to the, they get back to, David gets back to Nurse Price's place, and he just, like, can't keep his hands off her. And she's like, we need to go to the hospital. And he's like, but how about we have a quickie first? And she's like, yeah, absolutely not. Get in the cab. Yeah, he's like giddy and also like a little excited about waking up naked at the zoo. Like, yeah. that's a big cause for concern, buddy. Yeah, if I ever woke up naked in a strange place, I would do nothing but think about it for six to eight months. Especially the zoo. Like, it's a public yes. place. Yeah. And the, the cabbie is like <laughs> such a great, you know, English stereotype. It's like the voice we do for New Yorkers, but with an English accent, you know? The, yes. Like, gruff and tumble guy of like you see what's going on out there it's like jack the ripper's back no he says the demon barber of fleet street yeah okay he does that's sweeney isn't it yeah it's sweeney todd is that a real person no it's it was um it was like a a fictional like urban jack legend kind of thing okay okay from the penny dreadfuls so david realizes that Oh, like this is where the reality hits in that like, oh, I, I did something bad last night. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. duh, David. Uh, and he tries to get himself arrested, which like it wouldn't be that hard to get arrested. Sorry. It's not, it cannot be that hard to get arrested. Yeah. Just punch the cop. <laughs> or take your clothes off, buddy. You do it a lot. Yeah. 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 He 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 does drop the F-bomb here, which is a bummer. But the rest of the jokes are kind of like mildly amusing to me. Like he thinks the way to get arrested is to be like, the queen is a man. Yeah. Because at one point the cop's like, you keep this up and I'll arrest you. And he's like, that's what literally what I'm trying to do. And so, of course, the cop's like, no, go away. You're bothering me. Which like, we no, no, arrest the person. That's <laughs> yeah. He's causing a disturbance. Uh-huh. Uh, so he calls home to his little sister, which I thought was interesting. Real phone number. Oh, really? It's not a 555 number. I, I Googled the number and I was like, what's this? And it's just some poor woman on Long Island. And I was like, I really hope she doesn't get prank calls from idiots. It's like an older woman. The, the, well, you the would have to pages. you'd have to find the area code, too. Now he gives the area code. Oh, he does. He gives a full Long Island phone number. It's like, you know, uh, 10 digits long. He gives a complete number including area code to this person oh. on the phone because i looked i googled it and it was like it was like you know georgia smith of blah 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 long islands ages age 60 to 70 and i was like well, this huh. poor lady that's uh, so he talks to his little that's sister not, not the name that comes up to be clear i didn't just dox this woman I <laughs> no name up. yeah he calls his little sister i'm sorry which i thought was an interesting choice that like he doesn't reach his parents and he has to like relay it to his clearly much younger sister yeah, she seems like a child child, like under 10. Like six or seven? Yeah, yeah, that's sort of the, the energy I got from this phone call. Yeah, and it's then, really sad. It's I mean, part of the reason this movie is so effective is he is like an he's just an incredibly sympathetic portrayal. And a werewolf movie is a movie about someone being cursed. And so he comes off yeah. like someone who's been cursed. It's very sad. And then he goes, he like pulls out a, like a little pocket, like a Swiss Army knife pocket knife thing and goes to slit his wrists in the phone booth. Yeah, yeah. 
And so he sees the marquee across the way of a porn theater and Jack is there and he kind of waves him in. And the movie is called See You Next Wednesday, which is a running gag in Landis things. But it's obviously like a wink wink to see you next Tuesday. Yeah. Well, also the story about about Nancy Grace, like Nancy Grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mom had the tv on and had she was on it and i was like god that woman is such a see you next tuesday and my mom was like what and i was like a see you next tuesday and she just was like what is that and i like emphasized it one more time and then she smacked she gave me like a wrestler chop across (laughs) and i was like ow what the hell and she's like don't say that word and i was like i didn't (laughs) so yeah so you go in the porn theater i'm sorry well, the ad for the porn theater was in the tube earlier. That's right. That's right. Well, this this era. So I read an interesting behind the scenes story with Landis where this was originally going to be like a Looney Tunes short. He, I guess he's a big Looney Tunes guy. And he <laughs> had studied abroad in London or spent some time there. And when he was there, this era, area of Piccadilly Circus was all um, like regular movie theaters. And then all of them slowly got turned into porno theaters. <laughs> and so when he, interesting. Like, went, he went back and it was like. Oh, this area where I saw movies and cartoons and stuff is now porn. <laughs> so I have to rewrite the movie. And so this porn in the movie is actually filmed by Landis. I was going to say, I figured it was a made for the movie. Yeah, yeah. That's so fascinating that porn theaters were so prominent. Yeah, yeah. Home video, man. New York? Changed the game. Yeah, well, it wasn't a thing yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, yeah this, was, this area was all porno theaters. The, I love this sequence. So he goes in the porn theater and he sits in the back row with Jack. And the, 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 the robot puppet here, I don't know if it's a robot. It might just be a puppet. But the Jack looks incredible. Like the eyes are like very unsettling in their sockets and the jaws all mangled and messed up. But it turns out to be. Yeah, like, it feels a little yeah. Beetlejuicy. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. But I love that it's it's like, oh, by the way, this the th- other people in this theater are your other victims, and they're all they're all there to like talk to him. And the couple are so cheery. It's such a delight mm-hmm. that they're they don't they have they do not seem at all bothered by the fact that they've been cursed to wander the earth for eternity. It's great. It's 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 one of the better fun like uh, there's a lot of funny moments in this movie. I think it, there's a lot of comedy in here, but I think this is the most effective sequence of comedy for the, these mm-hmm. people. Yeah, it, yeah, it's 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 really wonderful, and the, so it's like, well, what do I, what do you, what should I do? Well, kill yourself, and then they all start suggesting ways to do it, and the couple are like, a gun would be easy. Have you thought about a gun? Have you tried that? <laughs> She's very like perky and chipper, covered yeah, in blood. But but the guy too is also like, yeah, a gun would be wonderful. Like he's also super excited. Mm-hmm. So he starts to wolf out in the movie theater, and some guy like goes up to him and i was like this isn't a gay movie theater uh, what yeah yeah um and he wolfs out and kills him and then the police show up and see him and they like roll down the 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 rolling door the like security yeah, the, door the, yeah it's like you lock up for the night it's like the, like they have in a mall yeah and for some reason everyone sees this and starts rushing towards it it's crazy. These people have it's so stupid. self-preservation. And that's what causes such a massacre at the end. It's I forgot. It's a little unsettling how yes, much it is. non-wolf-related death and mayhem there is. Yeah, yeah. It's very Landis because it's so car-forward. But 
the Blues Brothers has a huge car crashes and consequences, but you don't see anyone die. And this is very realistic. Yeah. Aimed at being realistic car crashes with like at one point a dude gets ejected out the windshield and then run over by a bus. Yeah, the bu- really he gets brutal. he gets thrown from the bus and then lands on the ground and the car runs him over. And it's just like there's something very like unsettling about it. It's visceral. That's the word. That's exactly the word. Yeah. And then and in this sequence, as part of it, the old cop gets decapitated and his head goes like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they have shots of the werewolf walking on all fours, and it kind of looks like a dude on a skateboard. Oh, it does sort of. I wonder. The if way it, I wonder if I wonder if it was like someone on a rolly board to help facilitate the crawling action. I th- I think it was at least from the above shots because the the way he moves feels very like wheelie. Yeah, yeah. So the the wolf goes down an alley and gets cornered, and the 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 police of the the bobbies have called in their rifle squad and they, they all come shuffling off with these big rifles and then it's sort of like you know a shoot with the wolf at one end and the and the rifles the rifleman it's a long alley and too meanwhile oh yeah it is it is uh it's definitely like the kind of place that you might take a shortcut with your son after a mo- after a movie screening and or opera destroyed or opera depending on the Dep- <laughs> depending on, on the version but there have been a lot of pearls scattered about this alley. You might call it Crime Alley. Yeah, you might. You might want to call it that. Uh, and That's actually what it's called. Did you know that? Yes, I do. Yeah. It's, it's not so like dumb. a nickname. It's the name of the alley on the sign. Yes, it's Crime Alley. It's so dumb. Yeah. It's deeply stupid. Uh but anyway, Nurse Price and the doctor are like desperately trying to get across town because they know it's David here. And Nurse Price like breaks through the barricade and like runs down it's the alley. It's crazy how easy this this woman weighs like a buck twenty. Like these cops should very easily be able to restrain her, and she just does like a sh- a little shuck and jive, and she's down the alley. Basically, yeah. And like, so this alleyway is like a half mile long. Like it's yes. a long alley. It is, yeah, and it's and very th- wide. Yeah, and so the cops are at one end, and David's all the way down at the other, and she goes up to him to be like. Let me help you, like, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I don't know why she thinks she can help. I I think she thinks that the wolf can be communicated with. You know what I mean? Yeah, because his face does soften when she says, I love you. Right. And it's like, you know, let me help you. Maybe we lock you in a cage and then we figure out a cure for this lycanthropy thing. You never know. Yeah. There's a really cute horror, like, not horror. There's a really cute, like, gay, short, web, mini-sewed thing of... uh, He's like chaining his boyfriend in the attic because he's going to become a werewolf. And he's like, I'm taking my favorite throw pillow because you can't be trusted. And he has, <laughs> and ends with him kind of like being like a puppy dog. It's cute. Oh, nice. Um, but the ending of this is so abrupt. So she says, you know, I love you. And the wolf softens, but then it lunges. The shots ring out. Uh, they have great aim for being half <laughs> a mile away with a thing. human being in the between them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not like they crept up to be alongside her. These guys are friggin' snipers. Um, but yeah, they kill David and he, you know, he comes out of the wolf and it's funny, the trope of the werewolf person thanking the person who killed them. Cause it, I mean, it's the, the, the thing of werewolf is it's a curse, you know, it's unlike the yeah. other monsters. It, wolves never want it. Werewolves never want it. Right. Right. Like people want to be vampires and vampire mythos, but people do not want to be werewolves. Um, so my memory was that he says, you know, says thank you or something and like makes eye contact but he doesn't he's just dead and then it cuts to show his butt so abruptly they do show his butt <laughs> but it's like immediately we go to the credits yeah it's it 
it could have you this is one of the few moments where it could have used a minute to breathe exactly like i could have just done with some silence and david laying there and like getting to process a little bit because we go right to the credit pull the camera back a little bit so maybe we can see the crowd and everything Yeah. yeah And like, you know, give me something, give me like a hamburger being poorly made on a griddle or something, you know? Exactly. I showed you that I I texted this to Trip because I saw on the IMDb page, the trivia for the howling. One of the trivia notes is the hamburger being made is badly made and and falls apart. Let someone, someone took the time to put that in the trivia section of the howling. Well, you know, that's, uh... (laughs) that's the world we live in everything is trivia did you know this person was also in a marvel movie with this person no i don't care that's not trivia i mean two people in this movie that were in a different movie i'll give you i don't find it to be trivial but it's not trivia okay that's what i say um i hadn't watched this in a couple years and man it's just such a great movie this is yeah it holds up really well it's and it, but it's beyond the hold up thing. It's like this is the standard bear. It's forty one. It's forty years old, not forty one. Forty years old. That's the word. The gold standard was the word I was looking for at the beginning I of this see. podcast when I said the pinnacle. I meant the gold yeah, standard. The, the keys, the Rosetta Stone. You called it, which I thought was yeah, yes, exactly. I meant the gold standard. But it's it's true. I mean, like there there are. Whenever you do a werewolf movie, you are trying to do it as good as this. And so there are good ones. I've seen lots of good werewolf transformations. I've enjoyed other werewolf movies. But this, 40 years later, is still the standard by which all werewolf transformations are held. And frankly, any sort of transformation. If you, like, turn into a vampire, like, I want it to be as cool looking as this, if you can do it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's uh, truly amazing. I mean, I can't imagine you're not recommending this one as well. Oh, of course I am. Yeah, yeah. I I, I do. It's on, I do it's on Peacock right now. Yeah, yeah. I do like The Howling, but this is just a Stone Cold classic for me. It's just... I I, I, th- I like this more than The Howling. Yeah. And I, and it's like I say that also having enjoyed watching The Howling, but man, it's like, this oh, yeah. is just such a great movie. It's so fun. The tone is the tone is fantastic. The performances are great. Chemistry is off the charts. It's like everything that you want out of a movie I, I find here. Just yeah, really, for sure. really wonderful. Great, great movie. Um. Before we get to the bits of business, uh, just remind and what's next for us. Don't forget to uh, rate the show if you haven't done that. So do it on iTunes. We'll get it. If you don't do it on iTunes, send it to us. But please rate the show. It helps a lot. Um, haven't said it in a while, but if you like the show, tell somebody about it. Tell two friends about it that you think would like it. Help spread the word for us. The more people listen, the more the more uh, more satisfaction we get. Of course, you know we love seeing those numbers go up. So tell two friends. And if you don't subscribe to the show, I apparently you're supposed to say this every episode, but subscribe to the show if you don't subscribe to the show. Then you don't have to remember when it's out there. So just hit that button on your device. And get the episode. So I, it's, we're 200 episodes in. I'm learning you're supposed to say this every episode. So good good for me that I'm doing that uh, now here on episode 199, telling you to subscribe. But subscribe to the show if you're not subscribed. Uh, get those episodes without having to think about it. Uh, uh, if you want to get a hold of us, it's Dissect the 80s on Twitter. And we have a Facebook page. It's Dissecting the 80s. You can get to us there. We always love to hear from you. So send us something and we'll uh, we'll get back to you. We try to answer all the messages we get. Uh, more importantly, over on the Patreon, we have some great content. We have an awesome episode about Ghostbusters. Right now, at the $5 level, you unlock 
almost 20 hours of bonus content. Um, we got some great stuff coming. Our famous lost episode is coming to the Patreon uh, for episode uh, in December. We're going to finally finally air our Footloose episode, which we thought was lost to the sands of time, but has been recovered miraculously. And we'll get to that uh, on that episode. But so we'll have a, that in a in short way here. And uh, next episode is episode 200. 200. We didn't make a big acknowledgement of moving into season eight. This is season eight of the show. And the reason we didn't is because episode 200 was so close. It felt a little silly to make like a big deal and then do it again. But 200, 200 episodes. So there's only, there is only one movie big enough for a big milestone like that. It's the start of November. You know, we always do tea Thanksgiving this month, this year. It's a whole month of tea Thanksgiving, and we're starting it with big and I'm going to tease this. We're making a big announcement in that episode. You won't want to miss it. Big news for the future of the show. It's a little bit of change coming, a positive one, but a little bit of change coming to the show. So check that out in two weeks. Uh, that'll be the beginning of November. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Always appreciate that. I have been Trip Leno. I will always be Andrew Leno. Until next time. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.